Welcome to this episode of the Gaming and Chill Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Fire Emblem and the Three Houses. Before we jump into this week's episode, I do want to say thank you to our sponsors, Humble Bundle. Thanks, guys. Our partner for this week's podcast is Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is an online digital store that sells some of the most popular games from the most popular game developers. But that's not all. They also offer bundle deals that change weekly and monthly that allow you to pay a designated amount for a collection of games or ebooks that can often save you hundreds of dollars. Humble Bundle then donates portions of its proceeds to a featured charity. In addition to this awesome business model, they have also partnered with us so we get a small portion of any purchase or donation through their website. All you need to do is go to our website, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click the Humble Bundle Partner logo and shop for any games of your heart's desire. Thanks, Humble Bundle. Back to you guys. So, Fire Emblem is a game that I actually really, really love. Because I like the tactical RPG aspects of the game. I like tactical RPGs. Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 2. The only tactical RPG that I have played and I despise is XCOM and XCOM 2. As good as those games look, they just don't play well to me. Because I believe, and I may be mistaken that they have a mechanic that actively lies to you. Fire Emblem, I believe, is like the granddaddy of them all. It does so many things well. So in this game, you start out as a protagonist. You can play either choose male or female, which I always choose to play as the female character. It's just I like to play that character better. And... You are almost immediately thrown into a battle, which is good. That is what Fire Emblem is all about. The battles. You get to have awesome, sprawling maps, and you get to use all of your characters. And then, you're almost, again, almost immediately asked, Hey, which of the three houses do you want to join? You can be the Golden Stags. The Blue Lions or the Red Eagles, basically. They sound like uh, teams from Legend of the Forgotten Temple with Olmec. Which is not bad. I like that idea because each house focuses on something else. Be it mounted combat with cavalry units. Be it magic users. Be it uh, range. I personally chose the Red Eagles, so they've got a lot more magic users. And you can recruit other people from other classes, but your mainstay is gonna be the people who are already in your house. So I went with the Red Eagles and Edelgard. Now, I do want to preface this by saying, I have not beat the game. I have not hit part two. I have put nearly 13 hours into the game, and I still have a ways to go. And I love that. It's not simply because, you know, I'm 
screwing around. It's I'm spending time looking at the game and enjoying the game. I don't unless I have a time limit on the missions. I'm not like speed running through the missions, going uh 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 uh. -huh. I'm like crafting my characters the way I want them to be. Like, hey, maybe I want this character to wield an axe instead of a sword. Let's go ahead and level that up. And I take my time looking at it and going and making sure to dive into those mechanics because I want to craft my perfect team, which this game really lets you do that. Yes, some characters have a natural affinity for something, but that doesn't mean that once you've chosen that, they've chosen that weapon, that's all you're ever going to do with them. You're going to be able to grow them into the character you want them to be. And they'll even come to you and go, hey, I think it would be kind of cool going this direction. You know, maybe I want to become a bishop and be more healing magic rather than a dark mage who does more attack damage. Both are equally viable. And you can go for any of them. You could go, you want to do magic, but I want you to wield an axe. You have that freedom to help craft the characters into what you want. Yes, they're going to have natural inclinations. That's like trying to, you know, take a Pokemon and raise it to be something else that it's not supposed to be. Making an Alakazam into a physical attacker when it should be, you know, a special attacker. So there's a lot of different nuances there. So you get to craft your characters and you get to build relationships. You get to build support levels by sending your characters go do quests together, um, like school activities, like cleaning out a horse stable, which levels up their support and their horse riding capabilities. So characters that I've got that I want to be more horse oriented, like riding on the back of a Pegasus or on a cavalry unit, I send them to go clean a horse stable and it works. It, it literally just works. Um, you can also, then you can say, okay, I'm going to instruct you in this particular branch. So I want you to go focus on swords or axes and you can do that. You can also go and build your support by going and having tea with them. You can say, hey, let's have some tea and you got to pick the tea that they would like. Then you have to choose conversations that they'll like. Oh, you know, maybe you like to talk about art maybe you like to talk about hiking or the ocean or your family or whatnot and you choose the topics based upon that even further you can do gifts hey i know you're into you know birds hey here's a bird feather hey here's you know this here's that and it helps build their support also lost items every month characters will just lose items and you got to go return them to them with a vague idea of Hey, this button came from somebody who likes to train. Okay, who do you know? And you've got quests on top of battles. So, hey, I need, you know, I need you to go talk, deliver this letter to this person. Okay, can do. You're, you're constantly doing something even if it's not just battling. In a weird way... This game makes me want to go play Persona as soon as I finish Fire Emblem. But given the fact that I've put, you know, 13, 12, 13 hours into Fire Emblem and I haven't even reached part two, makes me think I'm in for a long game. Which is awesome. 
games nowadays are short. They're easy. You can sit down, you know, in 10 hours and belt out a game. You know, some of the longer games are not as, you know, short as as, as uh, oxymoronic as I just made that sentence. But it's super fun when you go into a battle and you go, I've crafted the characters into the way I want. And they are now powerhouses. One of my characters wields axes and just continues to steamroll everyone. Just like, nope, nope, nope. And just destroys absolutely. And I have a suspicion that there's going to be twists and turns. Like I said, I've not beat the game. I'm not in a rush to beat the game. I'm not one of those people who's like, gotta beat it first, gotta beat it first. No, I'm taking my time, talking to the characters, building the relationships up with those characters, and doing a lot more of things like that. I I want them to be what I want them to be. I want to go, hey, I want them to be magic. I want them to be, you know, an axe user. So the mechanic in which they do this is actually amazing. So it's given on a month calendar. You're given a calendar month by month, and each month you're given a specific task. Like, hey, this month you've got a training exercise with this house. You know, don't lose. And so you get occasional free periods where you can go explore, you can go rest, you can take an extra seminar, or you can go do battles to go level up. So exploring, you enter into like a third-person exploration mode. You get to go talk to all the students, go fishing, go gardening, go singing in the choir, Go eating a meal together. Go cooking together. You can go do things together with your teammates, as well as people who are not in your house. You're basically sorted like the Hogwarts house. So you get to do all that. Or you can decide, you know, instead of exploring today, I'm going to rest. and Everybody's motivation goes up, so they'll train harder. Or you go into a seminar and say, hey, I want to have a guest professor come in and speak about swords and authority and people who are interested in swords and authority will go to that seminar and they'll learn more and their motivation will go up or you can go do a battle and level up which is actually a really good idea because you can sit there and just battle and battle and battle and level up all of your characters so that way you can take certification exams and change their class or you can just rest and that's it you move on to the next day Then on every Monday, so three Mondays a month, roughly, you get to choose instruction. You basically are teaching your class. And you're saying, hey, you're giving them a group project like cleaning out stables or weeding. And then you can say, okay, cool. Based upon your goals, I'm going to teach you in the art of swords. I'm going to teach you in the art of axes or magic or horses And you go, okay, cool, I've expended all of my action points for the day. And you go, okay, cool, proceed. And then your week proceeds and it goes, hey, during the course of this week, you trained them like this, boom, 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 it gives you stats. And then your group project comes back and they go, hey, we work together and here's our rewards. You You get points for it, you get support points, your characters grow together. 
and then you get another time of free time. So you can go explore, you can go battle, and if you have online featured, it'll tell you where most people went. It goes, hey, 100% of people went here, 80% of people went, you know, to go battle. So you can kind of see, hey, everybody's kind of leaning toward this way. Maybe I want to try something different. Maybe I go explore. Maybe I do follow the crowd. And then you go into the battles, which one can argue, rightfully so, battles are the cornerstone of Fire Emblem. Because if you don't have battles, it's not a Fire Emblem game. It's a dating simulator. It's a virtual novel. And the battles are amazing. They are fair. They are balanced. And they're honest. So there may be a lot of, you know, enemy units and you've got nine players, nine little units you can use. But you never feel like, oh my God, this is going to be a losing battle. Oh my God, why did they do this to me? To me, it always feels like, okay, cool. If I play this smart, I should have zero casualties. And that's great. It's honest. It tells you, hey, as long as you hit every shot, which, hey, by the way, here's an honest depiction of your, uh, your, your accuracy. As long as you hit every hit, here's how much they'll go down to. Here's how much damage you'll take in the counterattack. It's not like XCOM where it goes, yeah, you have a 75% chance to hit. You have a 10% chance to hit. Because it's more cinematic. No, no, no. No. Fire Emblem is honest, and it's balanced. Your characters are going to be powerhouses. Like I said, I've got a character that wields an axe, and absolutely destroys the everlasting soul of any enemy who gets near her. And I love it. Which is why I don't always put her on the front. Because, well, if she's always a target, no one else is getting to attack anybody. No one else is getting experience. So there's that fine balance of, I want to weaken the enemy so that a weaker, en weaker ally can take out that enemy and get some experience and level up and actually become useful, versus I'm just going to steamroll. Now, my, oper my, oper my operation manual may be like, well, let's change that later. Let's just steamroll. But for now, I'm working on building characters and being like, hey, you know what? I can kill this character with this, you know, this enemy with this character, or I can kill it with another one and get them some experience and turn them into a more useful unit. Maybe eventually they'll become a sniper, and they can use a bow from a mile and a half away, and I won't ever have to put them in harm's way, and they'll be more, they'll be more useful. So there's that. And your weapons. So those who don't know Fire Emblem, they've got a couple of mechanics that set it apart from every other tactical RPG, save for one mechanic used in XCOM. So, all your weapons have durability. You can only use it so many times, and using special skills reduces your weapon's durability by a lot more, which is awesome. You're not just taking your god rod and just destroying every enemy and going, I managed to find the secret best weapon, and now I'm god and invincible. It's like, nah, you need to balance it. You know, maybe you carry a couple swords into battle. Maybe you carry an iron sword and a steel sword. That way, 
you always have a backup. That way, you know, you can kill it with an iron sword and a steel sword, so why don't you use the cheaper one? It makes you have to make smart decisions. Now, the second mechanic you can actually turn off, and I did, it is you can play it on casual mode. If your if your allies die in battle, they come back later. If you play it in hardcore mode, when they're dead, they're dead. That's it. They're gone. Game over. If you lose all your units, the game's over. I don't like to play games like that. XCOM did that too, and I hated it. Because in XCOM, you'd name your characters after your friends or your supporters if you're on Twitch or whatever. And it would be awesome. You're like, yeah, I've got my friends, and they're dead. Cool. My actions led to my virtual friend's death. It's not a good feeling. So when you've got a game that makes you build into the characters with a with a uh, relationship and a support system, getting them killed permanently feels bad. It's not a good feeling. To me, it's not relaxing. To me, it's not fun. So I play it on casual. Maybe I'll change that later. Maybe there's special stuff for hardcore mode. But for me, I like to have the option of going, whoops, made a mistake, they'll be back the next battle. All that they really lose out on is extra experience. You know, I th- I like to think that that's more relaxing. As far as music and everything, the music in the game is fantastic. I cannot tell you enough how much I'm like, man, this music is just really, really good. Graphics, there's anime cutscenes that I could swear are actual, they could they could make an anime out of it. And in-game graphics and the 3D models, they all look superb. I've not noticed really any issues. It looks good. My wife has looked at me and goes, this reminds me of Ruby from Rooster Teeth. And I'm like, well, you're, you're not wrong. It kind of does. It looks good. It plays good. It sounds good. The story is compelling because it's not just like exposition dump, exposition dump, expedition, exposition dump. It gives it to you in small chunks and says, hey, each month you're going to do a story mission that's going to push forward the story. But you have some time. You're not just on a railroad through the story going, choo-choo, we're going through this story like that. No, it lets you take your time to enjoy the units. Because the units are characters, and they're fully fleshed out. They've got likes and dislikes and preferences and everything. And so, when the characters are now in danger because of story plot... It makes you feel something. It makes you feel like maybe this is a good idea. Maybe the actions you're taking actually are impacting the world as a whole. And I can't say they're not because I don't know. 13 hours into a game may not seem like much. But when it's not even halfway through... That's a lot. It's not that it's dragging out or I'm going, dear God almighty. I am enjoying 
every moment of it. It's fun. It's super fun to play. And I look forward to playing it even more. I hope that you are all enjoying the game. If you're playing it, and if you're on the fence about getting it, pick it up. If you're like if you like tactical RPGs and taking your time and building up characters, pick it up. Do it. I cannot I cannot recommend this enough. It's just honestly one of the best tactical RPGs I've played in a very long time. So I think that's actually where we're going to wrap up the review. Now, I do need your help in the comments down below. Next week, I've got a couple ideas for topics, but I need your help. I want your decision. So let me down below, if you, let me know down below if you'd like me to cover Netflix's Another Life with Katie Sackhoff, The Boys on Amazon Prime with Carl Urban, the Hobbs and Shaw movie review, or you think something else is uh, worthy of covering. Let me know down in the comments below and be sure to ask your friends, hey, what should they cover? I want to hear about this or say, hey, I'd really like to hear about Hobbs and Shaw. Do you think you could go vote for it? It would be lovely and we'd rehear the podcast would really truly appreciate it. If you did share with your friends and you did subscribe, we are only able to do this because of you and we want to hear from you. So if you've got suggestions, critiques, leave them down below or tweet me. Be sure to tweet me on Twitter and, you know, Derek GNC. You can find me, you can tweet me and go, yo, dingus, I think you need to cover this topic. And I'll look into it. Or tweet me what you like, tweet me what you hate. Let me know. We can only do this because of support from fans like you. And we want to see this podcast grow. So until next week, be cool to each other, pick up Fire Emblem, and uh, be excited, because I think at the end of August, Yu-Gi-Oh! is coming out on the Switch, and you can bet your bottom dollar. We'll be covering that later. So, until next week, peace! Thanks, guys, and thank you to all of our listeners out there, because we really couldn't do it without you. We hope you enjoyed this week's Gaming and Chill podcast. If you'd like to know more about the podcast, follow us on social media, or learn how to support the podcast directly, check us out at www.gamingandchillpodcast.com. Also, be sure to stay up to date with Gaming and Chill by following us on Twitter at at gaming underscore in underscore chill. Yes, that is gaming underscore in as in Nancy underscore chill. You can also find links to the articles, games, and videos mentioned in this podcast in the description below. Thanks again for watching, and until next time. <laughs>